Hello there, Rabbi. Hello, Joan. Once again, the other day for the umpteenth time, I heard someone quoting the Bible and saying that this is proof, fill in the blank. And what I used to hear a lot from the nuns, no less, in parochial school was, you can use the Bible to prove all kinds of things that aren't necessarily true. But it's how you read the Bible. Is there a way to read the Torah, to read the Bible, a right way and a wrong way? It's neither right nor wrong, because what's your starting position? As the sisters taught you, you can prove anything. And I can prove anything you want about Judaism. It means pulling it out of context. It means taking a sentence, a word from here, a sentence, a word from there, and doing a very, very nice patchwork quilt. And I don't want to say that's wrong, because if the goal is to prove my point, then I proved my point. However, it's wrong in that it's not what the text says. What we want to do is start with the text. And let's see when it was written. Who was the audience? What about the language? The choice of vocabulary? What was omitted? What was included? So I want the text to speak to me. And that's a true interaction with the text which is very different from using it to prove my point. You know, it's a fascinating world, Joe. You know, you don't really want to know my opinion. You really want to hear your opinion come out of my mouth. That would really make you happy. And so that's the same with the text. I want the text to say what supports my, my beliefs, my preconceived notions. I don't want the text to challenge me. And that presents a difficulty. Because then we're always on sidings, we're on the wrong track, and we argue with each other. The way to approach it would be, let's sit down with the same text, not, not the 87th translation. Let's see how far back we can go to the Greek and the Hebrew. And maybe we'll want to use two or three translations. That would be helpful. And we can see when they were written. And they, were they Greek? new, a more modern Greek? Are they a Latin translation? Are they an Aramaic translation? And, or are they in English? What century in England were they written? So that we can sit down and say, what is the text saying to me? Then we bring in archeology. span Then we bring in linguists, it's all there. And we can see how other experts have interpreted, how they've translated. And then we can push back and say, okay, this is what the text is saying to me. The danger, the problem we always run into is when my starting position is my belief and I'm using the text to demonstrate you, I'm using it as a club to beat you over the head so that you'll see my belief is there. And that's what we started with. And that's what the sisters were saying. You have to let the text speak to you. And we need to use tools, not just the tools of the fourth century or the fifth or the sixth. We have to use all the existing tools. There's, I haven't read it yet, but there's some new work done on the Dead Sea Scrolls and some new work on the translation and the, the words. And this wasn't around 20, 30 years ago. And we're constantly, scholars are constantly going back in. So we wanna bring that 
information on the table so that when we study the text, we're using, think of medicine. Do you wanna to go to the hospital and have a physician that's only going to use Civil War medicine? I don't think so. I can't imagine you would wanna be treated by someone who stopped saying, well, I don't believe in medicine after the Civil War. None of that's valid. I'm only gonna practice Civil War medicine. None of us would stand for that. And I don't think we should stand for that in scholarship and scripture. I don't think we should freeze it at any point. I, let's discuss it, let's bring it in. Let's check the validity. Same thing in medicine. If something doesn't work, we don't do it anymore. And if research in the lab shows us that we can do things genetically because of the vaccines, we now have incredible cancer treatments, but that's where the vaccines came from. They weren't invented in a week or two months. There's many years of research into cancer that went into RNA and DNA and RNA changes that were already being done with cancer. So it was brilliant of the scientists to take the cancer research, bring it over to these vaccines. So it's nothing new in that, oh, it was only, how come they did it in a year? That's too fast. It wasn't in a year. It's been 10 years in the making, but not in vaccines, in cancer research. And we have some big breakthroughs, Joe. So why wouldn't we do the same thing with scripture? Well, I have always liked to read the Bible as a story. When I read it, like any novel that I read, and I'm, I read the story and I absorb the overall arc of the story mm -hmm. by the different things that happen in the chapters that I read. I find that people who tend to memorize, I, if somebody asks me, what's the point of the Lord of the Rings? I wouldn't try to memorize the Lord of the Rings and point to this paragraph or that paragraph or one of the other ones. I talk about the story and explain it from that perspective. Doesn't it seem like people who point out specific parts of the Bible or the Torah say, focus into tightly on a small detail and not the overall message of the novel? I'd be careful what you say about Lord of the Rings, Joe, because my wedding band has the inscription on the outside and inside, the one ring to rule them all. So be careful what you say about Lord of the Rings and those of us who read the book seriously, hmm, be careful. And what you're saying goes back to our discussion that individuals are using the text to prove their point. They're not studying the text. They're not using it to understand. And for those that take it as metaphor, for those that take it as literature, for those that take it literally, my comment still stands. Are you letting the text speak to you or are you imposing a preconceived belief on it because you want to believe something? It works for everybody. And regardless of whether you're a literalist or you're uh, like an artist and you see the total or you see it as metaphor, we can do the same thing. And you're absolutely right. Most people that quote are quoting to prove their point. They're not trying to under, because my response is, I'm sorry, let me get my Bible. What chapter and verse is that? Let me, let me read it 
and let me place it in the text. Or I'll say to them, tell me the sentence that came before. They can't. Tell me the sentence that came after. They can't. So that tells me they're not interested in learning the text. They're using it to beat me over the head. Since they don't have a pig's bladder handy to beat me over the head, they're going to quote the middle. You know, a lot of our verses in scripture have an A and a B part. And it always amazes me that people will quote the A or the B because the A or the B won't support what they're telling me. So they don't quote the whole verse. They only quote half of it. And again, that says something. Tell me the rest of the verse. And let's see what the text says. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just, I want to see what it says. I'm not even arguing with you. You're not making it easy. No, you're not being reasonable by pulling things out in the middle. You know, we often do that with arguments with our partners, Joe, and it always has a bad outcome. We'll take something they may have said to us in the middle of a heated discussion, and it really isn't reasonable because that just popped out and we're acting as if that's the totality of what they were saying. And we know that has a bad outcome. So it's the same kind of thing. It's called proof texting, cherry picking, if you will. It has a lot of different names because we recognize that's what's going on. So we want to control it in ourselves. Let's understand what the text says. Let's get the value, what's good in it, and not try to use it to beat up other people. Well, it's not cherry picking as far as I'm concerned to say that your advice is always great. Thank you again for your insight and wisdom. And I look forward to the next time. And I just want you to know, rest assured, you're never going to hear your opinion come out of my mouth.